back to the Hour and Buy podcast. My name is Nima. My name is Aaron. And today we're joined by a very special guest, Dr. Kathy Paliki, the current ASHB president. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Welcome. Really appreciate you taking the time out to sit down with us. Well, virtually sit down with us. <laughs> um, just, just for the viewers, can you get into a little bit about your role as ASHP president? Sure, sure. Thank you for inviting me. I do appreciate this opportunity. Um, so I have, uh, I'm finishing my term as ASHP. I was installed as the 76th president of ASHP last summer at the Boston summer meeting. Um, and as the the president of ASHP, I work very closely with our CEO, Paul Abramowitz, and our board of directors. I chair the board of directors, um, and we help drive decision within the organization, help establish strategy, make sure that we're meeting our members' needs, um, you know, responding to any um, changes. We've seen a few of them, haven't we, <laughs> over the last year. So uh, that really is uh, what my official role is, is uh, entitled. There's a lot of pieces to it, but essentially that's, that's the umbrella. Perfect. So you've been director of pharmacy at many, many health systems. I mean, you, you, you've been a pharmacist longer than I've been alive. So you, you've done this for a long <laughs> time. Was ASH... I have. Was, was, ASHP, was ASHP president something you had your eyes on or was it something that one thing led to another and, and that's where you ended up? It was definitely the latter. I never would have envisioned myself uh, 35 plus years ago um, in this role. I, uh, one thing did lead to another. I um, took advantage of opportunities that came along the way. I actually started out uh, right after my residency. I was asked by uh, the director of pharmacy that I worked with if I wanted to co-edit a newsletter um, for our local association. And so I started my career there. And one thing led to another. Uh, before I knew it, I was a board of directors. I was a director on that, uh, that organ local organization. And then I became treasurer and secretary and then president. And then I moved on. That uh, allowed me to get involved at the state level. And so I started my career kind of tangentially at the state level, uh, involved in our state organizations. And then that led to my involvement in the national organization. So one thing certainly led to another. Um, and I was very fortunate and I just took advantage of every opportunity that came my way. But I've enjoyed every piece of it. So, and I would not have um, skipped any one of those steps. I think all were very important to understand at the local, the state, and the national level, how we piece together policy, advocacy, tools, resources, member connections. Um, so it's all been um, really a building block, if you will, to this type of a position. Okay. Wow, well, it seems like you um, have done the whole gamut in the world of pharmacy. So I guess <laughs> well, what I don't the know. biggest change <laughs> I guess, what is the biggest yeah. change you would like to see in the pharmacy world? And um, how do you think you can help attain this? Sure. I think that we still uh, have a ways to go to making sure that all 
citizens, all patients have access and appropriate use of their medications. So that is everything from the supply chain issues that we have, the pricing of pharmaceuticals, to what we do as pharmacists and technicians and how we're supported by technology. So I can't really pull out one specific piece, but I do believe that there are a number of components. Um, through my role as um, an officer of ASHP, I certainly can help provide feedback and um, direction for the organization and how we meet those needs uh, for our patients through our pharmacy services. In addition to that, I am currently on the Board of Pharmacy with the state of Michigan, uh, and I do believe that I have um, certainly some some ability to influence through that group. We currently are reviewing all of the rules, the administrative rules for pharmacy. It hasn't been done for years in Michigan, so I'm able to have a direct voice on how those rules are changed or maintained to allow us to practice both from a pharmacist, a technician, a practice of pharmacy to the best um, that we can for our patients to assure that they have optimal medication management um, to reach, uh, to manage their health. You, you so, brought up Michigan. You know, you, oh, sorry about that. Go ahead, Nima. Go ahead. So you, you brought up Michigan. You received several awards from Michigan Society of Health System Pharmacists throughout your career. What makes you be so motivated to go above and beyond your daily task at your job? <laughs> That's a good question. So uh, I grew up in a very small farming town in the middle of Michigan. I had a small high school and my father really instilled in me early on the importance of giving back to family and community. He really was a strong proponent of being actively involved and engaged and um, really embracing community. So it was really that early influence that I had that really drove me to always wanna be involved. And really, I, I was fortunate. I chose a career that I feel um, ha we have a very good community in pharmacy. Uh, and you would be amazed at how many people know someone else who knows someone else. And maybe you've already ran into that in your career. But really that, instilling uh, that sense of uh, need to never settle um, and to continue to give back to community really inspires me to continue to get involved. So like you just alluded to, you spoke on, you know, never stopping, never settling. Um, can you tell us a little bit about resilience and how important that has been throughout your career and your life? Yeah, resilience is very important. If you look at the statistics, uh, burnout is uh, pretty prevalent within healthcare professions. Uh, there's a lot of demands placed on us. The complexity of the world we deal with in healthcare um, is not getting simpler these days and uh, constantly being bombarded with new information, different sources of information, technology. Uh, it's been, it's, it's quite challenging and certainly can be stressful. Stressful uh, results, stress, a high level of stress results in burnout. Burnout really is a low self-esteem, lack of accomplishment, just a lot of cynicism. And all of that 
put together really speaks to the need for always remaining or working on resiliency. And that's, if you were to think of a rubber band and if you stretched it, put it under stress, resiliency is that ability that once you relieve that stress, you bounce back to normal, to steady state. So it's creating habits that allow you after a very stressful period of time to bounce back to normalcy, which helps you eliminate that sense of burnout that happens with constant stress. So it's really important. Um, if you've uh, ever read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits, I would, if you haven't, I would highly recommend it. It was written over 20 years ago, and he really talked about resiliency in Chapter 7 or Habit 7, which is sharpening the saw. And it's really focusing, making sure that you have a balanced approach to health, your um, um, mental stimulation, social, as well as spiritual, and really keeping that in the forefront and always practicing those habits um, so that you do create resiliency. So it is really extremely important for all of us, especially those in healthcare, that we do make sure we maintain the ability to respond back after stress, and that's creating um, some resiliency in your life, some abilities to get away from it all, all the chaos that sometimes uh, feels like healthcare is these days. You, you've been in the pharmacy realm for an extended period of time. Throughout your career, how has the world of pharmacy changed in your perspective? Oh my gosh, what hasn't changed, right? <laughs> everything, everything has changed. Um, I would say that the complex, the biggest piece that's changed, that's driven change within pharmacy is the complexity of healthcare itself. So um, everything from how we um, deliver care, the technology we use, the expectations on multidisciplinary care planning, um, and um, the need for us to um, really work at the, if you will, the top of our license um, and leverage our pharmacy technicians to the best of the capabilities that allow, that they, that we can um, allow them to practice um, in different arenas and at a higher level that allow us as pharmacists to really move out and care for our patients much differently. So it, it's hard to pinpoint one specific thing. I will say, I truly believe from what I've seen in the last year in my position, I do believe that digital therapeutics, digital health will really transform and make significant impact on how we deliver care in the next five plus years. Um, it's just, it's on the horizon. I do think the current pandemic is only gonna push it further, um, but I think we are gonna see tremendous exponential amount of change um, over the next several years as we move into digital health, digital therapeutics. So you just spoke about leveraging, you know, what we're doing as pharmacists and how to practice at the top of our license. So how important is it to develop those relationships with different interprofessional organizations like the AMA or working with physicians right. and things like that? So can you just speak on that? Sure. It is extremely important. The complexity um, of the world that we live in in healthcare today is really dependent upon uh, interdisciplinary work 
and um, care for our patients. So I'm really proud of the work that uh, ASHP and our team members have done to create that interdisciplinary collaboration with multiple other organizations. We, uh, several examples, we've recently uh, held a task force on the opioid epidemic and created a number of action items. And we work very closely with the um, Society, American Association of Anesthesiologists. Uh, we work very closely with the American Hospital Association, the AMA, and we're frequently asked to participate, not only have them participate in our activities, but have um, be asked to, um, to work on some of their key initiatives also. It's been um, extremely important. Uh, I will say during the COVID pandemic, the relationships that we have built, uh, not only with those organizations, but with our governmental agencies like the DEA and the FDA has, true, has proven out to be very, very valuable. Uh, resulting in um, our advocacy with the DEA to loosen up some of the restrictions on the uh, production of controlled substances so we could care for the COVID patients and that high demand for fentanyl and midazolam. Um, in addition to that, we've worked very closely with the FDA to loosen some regulations and HHS um, to allow pharmacists to order and administer COVID-19 tests. So all of that relationship building and that interdisciplinary work to support that has um, really, really helped us um, respond to this, uh, the current situation that we're all uh, faced with. What would you say is the biggest uh, life lesson you've experienced as a pharmacist and also in your role currently at ASHB? Hmm, the biggest life lesson. Hmm, that's a tough one. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I've learned, uh, the biggest life lesson I guess I've learned is to listen to others and uh, take into consideration where their perspectives are from. I really value uh, everyone's uh, path that they've gone through and their experiences and how that shaped what their thought process is and their decision making. And I think that that's really something that I continue to learn more and more about um, as I continue my profession, although it's um, been a long one so far, um, but I, I, I don't ever uh, ever um, want to make, I, I always want to make sure that I am listening keenly and trying to listen to understand um, another person's perspective. So I would say that that's probably been my biggest life lesson and um, to never give up, never settle, which uh, I truly believe you should never settle for uh, the way it is. Mm -hmm. So being president of you know, ASHP and being a national organization, how hard is it to sometimes, you know, uh, make changes that you know won't affect everybody the same? You can't make everyone happy. So I guess how, how do you go about doing that? Sure, sure. Uh, we have a pretty long, solid history of uh, getting individuals involved across the United States in different practice settings at ASHP. And we truly value that. That is one of our values. Uh, and so we have a, a number of means to do that. And I think we've been very, very successful. 
We have sections and forums. Uh, we additionally, we pull together, as I spoke about the opioid task force. Uh, we do policy making uh, with our councils and then through our House of Delegates. And we always make sure we're balancing members from different parts of the United States, different practice settings, different years of experience. So we really take pride in doing that. And that allows us really to formulate the best tools, uh, processes, uh, helpful um, activities for our members and also to support our members. We've done also a lot through our state affiliates um, leveraging members as well as state affiliates and their relationships within their organizations. And uh, we have a number of examples of where we've been able to uh, bring folks together across the United States um, and share stories through uh, conference calls, webcasts, um, web or uh, podcasts, uh, webinars, uh, so that individuals in different parts of the country can learn how other individuals have been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. So we've done, um, a significant amount of work over a number of years, it just doesn't happen overnight, of connecting members so that we can make sure we can come up with the best policy, the best tools that support all members. Who are some people that have been the most influential throughout your career? I mean, we're at school, we always talk about like mentors and mentees. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've had yours. Who are some of those people that have been most influential throughout your career? Yeah. I would say the first most influential person was my father, and I spoke about him earlier on and how he influenced me in always doing hard work and always investing in your community and never settling. So really my father was uh, my shining example of, of really the person who gave me my core values. Um, beyond that, I really was was uh, racking my brain when you told me you were going to ask me this question. Um, there have been so many, a number of people that have influenced me, all in very different ways from the team members that I've worked with, the pharmacists and technicians. I've tried to learn things from a variety of individuals to the leaders that I've met in my organizations inside and outside of pharmacy, as well as those who've been in the profession and practice in other areas in the country. So um, I would tell you it's a really, really difficult call because I try to uh, listen and learn from um, pretty much everybody I've worked with. So um, good question. I wish I could give you a, <laughs> a couple more names, but I couldn't list them all. So Yeah, you know, throughout your career, of course, you come in contact with so many people. It's, it's hard to, you know, name all of them, but everybody leaves a different effect. So, you know, learning yeah. from others. Um, I guess my next question is, how important is adv advocacy in the professional pharmacy? Because at the end of the day, nothing is going to get done if legislation doesn't get passed in favor of what we're doing. It's just, that's just the way it is. So can you just speak on how important advocacy is? Yep, advocacy. I am a strong proponent of advocacy. Uh, you're correct. The world is constantly changing. And if we are not advocating for what's right for our practice and for our patients, the world will go on and not notice us. So advocacy at all levels is extremely important. And I think that none of us should 
ever, ever underestimate how our voice counts. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, where you practice, what year you are in your um, life cycle of your career. Advocacy is truly important. Um, many, several years ago uh, at Beaumont, I had our government relations group uh, reach out to me and ask me to review some legislation that was up for review and in Michigan. And I took a look at it and I realized this could not, it, it was all related to sterile compounding. And I realized that there were components of it. I knew that they would not change, that had to, cha that had to um, stay. But there were a few pieces that operationally just could not work in a hospital um, situation. It was really more based on a compounding um, pharmacy, not a hospital pharmacy. Um, long story short, so I spoke up and uh, I was connected with the Michigan Hospital Association. We got very uh, involved at the last minute. I was able to speak to the congressman who was sponsoring the bill, and we were able to change that legislation so it wouldn't be quite so onerous on health systems. And as a result, uh, we determined that, or MHA, the Michigan Hospital Association, determined that they did not have pharmacists from their member organizations, their member hospitals, to give them guidance on a policy that comes across their desk. And so we started a pharmacy management committee, uh, part of the MHA that meets twice a year. So it, it, I think you never really realize how valuable um, speaking up is, and I would encourage everyone to speak up and advocate for what's right for our patients and our ability to care for those patients. So we've, we've talked about interprofessionalism a couple of times um, so far. What other profession besides your own would you like to attempt if given the opportunity? And don't say, don't, you cannot say pharmacy. Oh, shoot, <laughs> darn. <laughs> How'd you know? Um, and you can't say I, pharmacy technician either. Okay, I won't say that. And I wouldn't say artist, but I don't have enough talent to, to survive financially. <laughs> well, you have the platform. If you, if, you, if you can sing, this is your platform. Yeah, actually, um, I would, uh, kind of going back to your uh, last question about advocacy, uh, my next profession, if I were to have a choice, would be in public policy, either through political science or through a law degree. Um, I have a keen interest in uh, regulations, laws, and uh, policy, all tied into advocacy. So that would absolutely be uh, my second choice uh, below pharmacy. <laughs> and your third so, choice is a singer no not a singer an artist a painter <laughs> so um loaded question here how do you think um, this COVID-19 pandemic is going to change the uh, landscape of healthcare and how we practice moving forward I know you mentioned telemedicine earlier um can you just elaborate on that Yep, I think that it's going to absolutely change how we deliver care. Um, certainly uh, dealing with uh, uh, infectious disease uh, or the uh, issues we have to deal with with having COVID patients in our institutions or in our practices um, and those non-COVID patients will be quite challenging. Uh, and using or leveraging technology and uh, what we've been able to accomplish during this pandemic really highlights our abilities as a nation to move in that direction. So I certainly think that COVID-19 will 
um, force us a little bit quicker down that path. I also believe that the COVID-19 pandemic has allowed us to highlight the value of pharmacists um, and the care that we give to patients more than ever. We are, we are stronger than we have ever been and we are being listened to um, at the highest levels, which I think allows us the ability to continue to push to change our practice to be uh, recognized as providers. And then finally, uh, the pandemic has absolutely highlighted what we've been, uh, the path we've been marching down with the through the last couple of years related to the drug supply chain and drug shortages and the manufacturing capabilities within the United States. So I do believe that uh, we, I'm hopeful that we will see some uh, positive movement forward um, and some alliances between our profession, the pharmaceutical organizations, um, the pharmaceutical manufacturers, I should say, the wholesalers, as well as governmental agencies to really uh, fix the drug supply chain. Um, speaking on the topic of COVID-19 and the pandemic, how do you think the pandemic is going to affect the incoming residents? Because I know a lot of hospitals even extended the deadline till January for the NAPLETs yeah. to even be um, put in. Uh, do you think, is, uh, is, how do you think that's going to affect them? Yeah, um, I would be remiss to say you're not going to see any impact because that would be unrealistic. Certainly, I, I think in a, in a broad perspective, the pharmacy, as a pharmacy resident, you will see an organization that is in the middle of change, dealing with the pandemic and then what, what it looks like after the fact. So I, see, I always see every change as an opportunity to learn more, especially during a year of residency. So from that perspective, I would, I would advise as a resident that you remain patient and understand that there's a lot that we don't know and we don't know what, what it's gonna look like always on the other end, but really take advantage of learning how those decisions are made, how things evolve, and how individuals work through that change. So I, I do think it's a great opportunity. It's a little bit um, scary, I will admit, uh, not knowing exactly what to expect, but I think I would, if I were a resident starting out today, I would take an advantage of that as an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, like uh, me and Aaron were talking beforehand, we we're saying that like the pandemic, it, it's, it's, it sucks. Um, it's obviously affected everyone, but, it's also opened up so many doors and we've learned so much from it. Like we would Absolutely. have never thought about, you know, hey, we can sit with Dr. Paliki and she's always in somewhere else and we're over yeah. here and we're able to connect with her. So there's always a positive to take out of a negative. There absolutely is. Absolutely. So um, are, what is, I guess, some of the main goals, I guess, ASHP has within the next couple of years that they want to accomplish? Yeah, um, our mission is to assure that um, everyone has access to optimal health through medications. And um, I believe that, you know, that we have a number of goals. We certainly, uh, well, we have recently uh, launched, actually it was a little less than a year ago, launched the Innovation Center, which is looking at digital health and um, digital therapeutics. So uh, certainly we would like to be at the forefront of shepherding that. Um, we also have a goal of, of really helping um, 
fix the uh, supply chain issues, uh, not only pricing, but absolutely drug shortages and uh, the manufacturing um, that we end up being tied to when we have uh, limited ma manufacturing capabilities or limited diversity in manufacturing capabilities. So I believe that those are a couple um, of the goals for ASHP. Uh, certainly working with our state affiliates to support the grassroots efforts um, for provider status and recognition as a provider for a pharmacist, as well as uh, standardizing the education and training of our pharmacy technician workforce. Um, so so those, are, those are the ones that come to top of mind. We have a number of objectives, but I would say those are the top ones that come to my mind initially. What, what would you say is most important to ASHP? Is it their, your mission, your core values, or your vision? Well, you really can't have uh, one of them stand alone. So I would have to say they all are equally important. You know, the mission is the business of the organization, and the vision is where we want to go. And that together is what we use to create strategy. Um, core values really keeps us on track of those. So you can't pull out one is more important than the other. They all three have a role. Um, and we use them at ASHP to guide how we uh, move the profession forward, support our members, support our state affiliates. I figured you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you've had a long career, as we all know. What is one thing you've learned that you wish you knew before um, that you know you think could change your career, your life. Hmm. Oh, I Can really I wouldn't change spot. anything in, in my. Yeah, that that's a tough one. I would say, um, you know, I was fortunate, and I it it kind of happened, but I I'm not sure I did it purposefully initially. Is networking, um, and the value of connecting with others. Uh, it happened a little bit organically for me, but um, had I known, I might have been a little bit more purposeful with it. Um, meeting and um, getting to know others uh, from different practice settings, uh, I think would have been probably helpful to me a little bit earlier on in my career, at least um, allowed me to think a little bit more purposefully about some of the interactions that I had early on in my career. What would you say is the biggest challenge facing leaders today? Oh gosh, probably coming out of this COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have to say, you know, um, prior to the pandemic, I would say uh, workforce um, and finances and drug supply chain are like the three top pieces that, that leaders um, were navigating. But I think, um, now with the COVID-19 epidemic, it's gonna be the, the change and the complexity of what we are going to have to navigate coming out of this and what we look like on the other side is probably the biggest um, challenge for leaders. Um, now, certainly that entails workforce, technology, finances, as well as um, supply chain. So it still encompasses all of those things, but it's going to be a, a little bit different than uh, where we were last fall. For sure. Um, and in your career, you know, you've done things for a while. Do you ever have moments where you feel still kind of incompetent or am I good enough to do that? 
Like, and how do you get, how do you get through those moments? Cause I know we have them on a daily basis. So how do you get out of that situation? <laughs> yeah, I got it. I got it. Well, I did, a, um, I, I, I took a look at, uh, a, a while ago when I did a white coat ceremony, what would, what advice would I give to uh, myself and to uh, new, uh, new pharmacy professionals, um, you know, coming out into the field about how do you get through that? And I, I guess I could summarize it into three, three key elements. Uh, the first is to embrace every opportunity. I saw a great quote by Richard Branson a while ago, and it said something about, uh, if you're faced with an opportunity, say yes, and then figure out how to do it later. So I, I would say, first of all, embrace opportunity. And then the second key, key point would be to believe in yourself. You have talents, you have skills. Uh, you may not be able to know the drug information, the answer to the question about a drug, but you absolutely know where you need to go to get it. So you do have the skills. You need to believe in yourself. And then the, and then the third piece is to um, live with a purpose. So live every day um, with the purpose of doing something good for your patient, for a colleague, for a friend, or for yourself. So live every day with a purpose. And I think if you take those three elements, um, you know, embrace opportunities, believe in yourself, and live with a purpose, um, I don't think anything feels like you can't, um, you can't tackle it. Can you explain the impact, if any, of social networking that it has made on your organization or even yourself personally? Sure, sure. Um, social networking is important um, for both the organization as well as myself um, professionally. Um, as far as the organization goes, that's how we help our members connect is through that social networking environment that we are able to foster through the organization, either through face-to-face -face meetings or through conference calls, um, podcasts, webinars. So we really... Um, spend a good amount of resources and time facilitating and fostering within the organization social networking. That allows us to uh, make sure that what bubbles out of that social networking is really good advice, good tools, good uh, products that come that help and, and that will help our, our members. Uh, for me professionally, social networking has been um, just the highlight, if you will, um, you know what, one of the things that really is so rewarding about um, a career in pharmacy. Uh, pharmacists, we, we are unlike many professions. I've had um, conversations along the years with individuals in respiratory or nursing or, you know, different PTOT and said, well, you know, what are the, what do your colleagues say? And, and can you reach out to someone? And they look at me like, 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 what do you mean reach out to somebody outside our organization? Um, I think pharmacy is a very, very different, unique professional organization. I'm so happy that I ended up down this path. Um, it's not difficult to reach out to someone in Florida or someone in California and say, hey, um, can you help me with this problem? How did you tackle this problem? So I think social networking has really um, allowed us as a profession to grow and allowed me to grow and have an opportunity to meet more people um, and get better ideas than I would on my own. So what do you say to people? Uh, you know, I guess there's sometimes a stigma that the market of pharmacy is saturated. Um, what, what do you say to, you know, the, those people coming out of school and how do they stand out? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, certainly uh, a little bit of what I've spoke about before, take every opportunity that you have um, and really make sure that you've had um, a variety of opportunities that you can draw on and take an inventory of what attributes you have that can contribute to the workforce. And they could be things related to the profession of pharmacy or unrelated. Some of the other things that you've done that really make you stand out, the attributes you have are very individualized to you and no one else has lived your life. So I think that those are really key aspects. Always stay engaged um, and committed to the profession. It is challenging. I am not gonna, um, I'm not gonna sugarcoat that at all. I certainly, um, certainly recognize that, but uh, really taking advantage of opportunities, networking, um, and, and realizing the attributes that you have that can contribute will be very helpful for you in your future careers. Now, I have a little fun question for you. <laughs> okay. If we, were, if we were to go back to undergrad or even high school, what would your friends and professors say who you are? If we were to like, hey, who's Dr. Paliki? What would they say? Oh gosh, what would they say? <laughs> we hope it's good. It, I think it would be good. I think it would be good. I think that they would say that I was kind to everyone, um, but that I also got involved in everything. Um, you know, I wasn't very good always, but I always tried. So um, I was in a small high school. I, I told you that. So I tried everything. I was in the musical, but I couldn't sing. So I never got a singing part. I was in the band. I didn't really again, not very musical. So I was really, you know, in the um, flag core. Um, I uh, was in debate. I was in forensics. I mean, I just wanted to get so involved in, and just soak up everything I could learn and understand from every different aspect. And I wasn't afraid to, to raise my hand and say, I'm sure I can chair that or sure I can get involved in that. So I, I think that's what they would, they would, uh, say about me we hope they will say positive things so at what moment in your life were you like you know what i know i want to be in the field of pharmacy like when when did it click and you, did you know you want to do that or did it just kind of happen it just kind of happened actually i wasn't <laughs> down this path but uh due to an illness and i had to drop out of pharmacy and i i loved science you know like most of us and chemistry was really the best fit for me and um way back when when i was in high school we didn't do a lot of career planning right um and so i walked into a pharmacy one day and i said hmm, maybe i want to go to pharmacy school so i started researching it and i fell in love with all the classes and um, I've never looked back and I um, just keep loving it more and more. I never would change a single thing, um, a single job I had, a single activity I had to do. Uh, I, I've learned from all of them and I've really enjoyed my career path. So um, before we did this, we reached out to our audience and asked them to submit some questions that they would sure. want to hear you answer. Um, one of the questions was, is it hard staying connected and involved in organizations after graduating pharmacy school? So I guess answering that question, also giving advice to someone coming outside on how yeah. they can stay connected. Yeah, it is absolutely not that we are, all organizations are looking for volunteers. So just remember that they want individuals who are engaged and will um, contribute. 
Uh, I would suggest that you look in your local area where you, where you settle um, for the local pharmacy organization. That really allows you to get um, really involved in organizations at the grassroots level. Um, and we are always looking for volunteers, either a committee member, and you know, once you're a committee member, then that leads to other positions within the organization. So I would certainly look at the local level. You could try at the state level too. There are um, opportunities for new practitioners um, at the state level. And certainly we do have some opportunity um, in ASHP. We have a new practitioners forum, which is where uh, individuals, I believe it's the first year out in practice that you can become a member of the new practitioners forum. And um, we certainly have a number of groups that spin off of that, but it is a very active group, very engaged. I've actually um, worked with that group a little bit uh, when I was a liaison with that group, and it's a phenomenal group of individuals. So there are a multitude of ways to stay um, engaged in a professional organization. Another question um, that was asked is, I have a lot of different talents, but none of them seem to be related to pharmacy. How can I show my value even though I have average grades? Yeah, I think it, that goes back to looking at what your attributes are and recognizing um, how you can um, bridge that gap. We need individuals with a variety of different talents uh, within pharmacy. I will tell you, um, you know, I, I laughed, we laughed about, you know, my second career as being an artist. Um, I really do love um, arts and crafts, Every, everything from needlework to um, painting, uh, you know, just a variety of things. And so I use that, um, that a little bit of creative bent uh, to me uh, when I practice pharmacy, when I, when I lead, I try to uh, stretch that part of my brain that has uh, a little bit of a creative um, activity. I've known individuals who were really good in sports and uh, after they graduated, they became a coach of a little league uh, team. And um, those are great skills that transfer being a coach over to a profession, especially a profession like pharmacy. So I think there are a multitude of talents that individuals have that really translate into um, the work of a pharmacist or a pharmacy leader. Do you think that having those attributes like, the, you know, the hobbies, extra hobbies on the side, is that what forms a good leader? And, and having that extra something else that's not related to your field, having that with you? Because it seems yeah, like a lot of people that are leaders have those. I think it is, because I think it gives you yet another perspective. You can always, you know, sometimes you get too insulated by the same thought process. And so it opens you up to um, and exposes you to uh, individuals who think differently and different activities. It also absolutely supports what we talked about with resiliency and getting away from, you know, the day-to-day -day work and really kind of doing something totally different. So I think that also is a big piece to it is to be resilient. You need to move your mind somewhere else for a little bit. Uh, your physical activity, your social activity, you need to move it away. Um, you know, even if it's an hour um, or a weekend or an afternoon or an evening, um, I think that also helps with the resiliency uh, piece, which, which creates a good leader, right? If you sure. yourself aren't um, taking care of your own health and well-being, 
how can you help your staff? How can you help others that you are leading? Exactly. How important is teamwork? We always go back to that. We, me and Nima always speak that you can't do things alone. That's just, that's just how no, it works. Like you never will get anything done alone. You, how you important won't. is teamwork and how important are those relationships you build with the people you work with and other people? Oh, they're key. Um, you know, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head. You can't uh, do it yourself. I can do it myself, but then it's the Kathy Palicki way, which may not fit for anybody else, right? <laughs> Um, so you get your best ideas, you get your best ability to cope with new projects, change, uh, problem solving, uh, when you involve more individuals and you work as a team collaboratively to reach the same um, goal. Um, so I, I don't think you can ever underestimate the value of teamwork. And those relationships help you build a strong team, correct? So networking with your own staff, building relationships with your own staff, your own colleagues, or colleagues, you know, that are not in pharmacy, your uh, medical team that you round with certainly helps um, you uh, have an open relationship, an open dialogue um, to get to the point of problem solving and troubleshooting and planning and strategizing for the future. How, how would you define success in your, in your viewpoint, in your, in your words? Uh, I think success um, is making a difference and uh, never settling. It's my <laughs> mantra. It was my inaugural mantra. Uh, never settling and making a difference. Uh, living your life purposefully so that every day you're making a difference uh, with someone else uh, or for yourself, a colleague, a patient, a friend. Uh, I, I think that's a successful life. So I know we've asked you a lot of questions. If you were to step into our shoes, what would you have asked yourself if, that we didn't? Oh, gosh. <laughs> what would I have asked myself? Um, oh, it could geez. be anything. It could be anything. If you want to think about that, I can ask you a question if you want to think about Why don't that. Why not you ask me a question? I got to think about <laughs> okay. that. Think about that one. Um, so since... I have two questions for you. Um, since class of 2020 didn't have a graduation or whatever, we wanted to see if you could give them, if you have a speech for the class of 2020, the residents, all the residents of 2020, what would you like to tell them? What would you, uh, the message you want to send them? Um, go ahead. All right. My message is be unstoppable. Think about what I, what I spoke about with uh, believing in yourself, embracing opportunities, and uh, living with a purpose. Uh, and if you do those three things, I really um, hope that all of you will be unstoppable in what you can accomplish um, within your profession and within your personal lives. Perfect. And one other thing, um, and, and talk about mid-year for 2020 this year coming sure. up. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's gonna be happening or what, what the situation of it is. How has COVID-19 affected the way things that are gonna be sure. happening at the conference this year? Sure. So we are looking at all options, um, keeping in mind the safety and the public health concerns um, with the COVID-19. Uh, as of this date, uh, the state of uh, Louisiana, as well as the city of New Orleans has not canceled any events in December. 
Um, so the mid-year is, um, as of today, still on. So we are planning how would we um, navigate the public health concerns. Um, and But we are looking at a whole range of options um, because we know that this is an evolving situation and that could change tomorrow, right? Yep. So we actually have been uh, spending, our staff has been spending a, a number of uh, resources or time, if you will, commitment to looking at what could the mid-year look like uh, in a variety of different scenarios, all the way up to a full virtual meeting where we still keep intact the important face-to-face -face activities and maybe create some unique and new um, arenas for learning. Uh, so we're looking at uh, and planning for all different scenarios, but as of today, uh, the, uh, the mid-year will, uh, will still be held in New Orleans. Um, we will have science and public health policy, though, guide um, our decision-making and uh, how we host the mid-year. Perfect. Well, that's good news for us because we, we would love to come. <laughs> to New Orleans and go to mid-year. I went to mid-year my P1 year and it was an amazing experience. So I yep. can't wait um, to see it this year. My so, first mid-year as a resident was in New Orleans, so. Oh, also oh, this is a reunion. <laughs> it's a reunion, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. So going back to Aaron's question, I don't know, Aaron, if you want to ask the question again, or do you remember what he asked? Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> what, what would I ask myself, am I correct? Yes, Correct. or you can switch it up and maybe ask us a question. Either is better. Maybe I'll ask you a question. I like that uh, better. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, now, yeah, now you put us on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's only fair. It's only fair. Um, so what do you both hope to accomplish your first five years out of school? Do you know? Um, yeah, I can start off. Um, you know, obviously, um, attaining a career and a job is obviously step one. Um, I really want to make sure that we're able to make a difference in the field the way we want to. Um, me and Nima bring a lot of different things to the table. We're not the, we're not the typical student. We're very atypical. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, uh, obviously we started on podcasts, things like that. And I, I think we can do different things uh, collaboratively with other organizations like the AMA, things like that, that hasn't been done before. And I feel like there is a void that is needing to be filled and with doing things like this where and having a career in pharmacy i think we'll be able to do that good yeah i, I think i'll piggyback on that it's pretty much it when we started this we we wanted to start it to and and we don't want to just end it after pharmacy school is over we want to really use this as a as a tool to make an impact in the profession and by by being able to meet with different physicians, dentists, optometrists, and be able to really connect everyone together and really show the value that the pharmacist holds. Like we were pharmacy students reaching out and sitting down with these prestigious people. And, and I want people to be able to look at them and be like, hey, that's a pharmacist doing it. You know, and, and so then the future people coming up, the future students can hopefully be inspired by what we do and in the long run, make an impact in the profession as a whole. Great. That's wonderful. Well, I'm going to watch you two, that's for sure. So I want, I'm going to hold you to it. So um, did you sure. want me to ask my question of myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do Okay. I finally came up with one. If you want. Okay, perfect. All right. So um, I guess one question you didn't ask me was, what was the toughest career decision I ever had to make? Um, what and, is the toughest uh, career decision you ever had <laughs> No, you're too late. Yeah, too I love late. it. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, great. Um, 
this is kind of interesting. So I, um, I about probably about uh, six or eight, six years ago, I was um, a director of a very large um, hospital or um, pharmacy department. And I also had uh, responsibilities uh, for a couple other departments. And the hospital president and I uh, started having discussions of where my career was going next. Uh, did I wanna be a chief pharmacist for a health system? Or did I want to move out of pharmacy and move into the world of hospital operations and become a, a VP um, and and you know move on the path move towards the path of maybe at one point a COO or, or you know in hospital operations um, and that was really tough it was it's interesting it was certainly much later in my career and I struggled with that decision and that conversation with him several conversations with him and my answer back to him um, and someone finally looked at me and they said you never had to make a career decision did you Kathy and I said no I didn't like positions just happened and I took advantage of them and I put my name in the hat um, I didn't actively always go out and seek um, but now I was faced with deciding what I needed to do with my career. And I had done a, a fair amount of work um, on the hospital operation side. So I, I talked to a number of individuals over a, a couple months period of time. Um, those individuals who had always been in hospital operations at the hospital administra administrative level, um, to pharmacists who had moved from um, a director of pharmacy into hospital administration and as high up as a hospital president. And I really, really struggled with, with that decision. It was really, really tough. And um, finally, someone said something to me and said, what do you love? At the end of the day, what do you love? And I really started thinking about that. And I started thinking that, you know, when I retire, if I'm in hospital administration, I retire and um, really my career is probably pretty over because there isn't the same type of networking and um, organizational activities that happen. Um, but when I retire in pharmacy, you can still remain very active and very involved and very engaged and still give back to the profession. And that's what made my choice. I, I finally went to the hospital president and I said, you know what, I want to stay down the pharmacy route and I want to be a chief pharmacist, a VP and a chief pharmacist. Um, and I was fortunate a few years later that um, that opportunity did present itself to me. But um, that was the it was a difficult decision. It was later in my career. I wasn't expecting it. Well, that was an awesome question. I wish we could have came up with that. <laughs> you can use it on your next guest. <laughs> well, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us. I know you're super busy and taking the time to sit down with us, is, it, it, it means the world. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. So stay set, safe, healthy, and hopeful. So Yeah, and we, we want to thank everyone that's tuned in virtually through Zoom and through um, YouTube at, right now. So my name is Nima. My name is Aaron. And we had uh, Dr. Kathy Paliki, ASHB president, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>